Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Yes, yes, yes. And we are back and back in the house today with Mr. Chris Dodd himself. Mate, welcome to the show. But I want to just give you a quick introduction. Look, he's a freelance web developer. He's a top teacher on Skillshare and he's known for his nomadic lifestyle. And to be honest with you, I've always wanted to learn about this nomadic lifestyle and and find out more about it myself because I've always run stuff online, but I never seem to be able to travel as much as what I thought I would be considering my businesses are online. So mate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We got a pretty cool setup. Mate, mate, how how good is it with the mics and everything? Yeah. um, I was saying before the show, like I've, done a podcast in the past and i just used like my phone and then edited it in like a music editing software and it worked all right but this is kind of like next level mate you, i don't think you could fit this in your backpack though when you're traveling around the no world. i think that's i think that's why um yeah i kind of needed all, all the kind of gear that i use is very um like minimal um because yeah as you're traveling you kind of have to be a minimalist um yeah for sure man yeah, and then with video equipment, audio equipment, that can be like a gigantic amount of stuff. Yeah. So just how did like obviously like a lot of people I know want to go online, travel the world, do this online business mm. thing, right? But so many people are like constrained and don't know where to start, where to go. Just give us a bit of a brief background into how you like first got into it and all that stuff. Yeah. Um I guess it's a kind of new concept for a lot of people and there's a range of different barriers that I find people have to it. But in essence, it's very simple. It's like if you can perform your work online and there's not really a physical component at all, you don't have to be in a particular place, then you can work online um, uh, and, and, and travel. Um, how I got into it was um, I was at university. Um, I just finished like a study abroad program. Yeah. Um, I went to the US for six months and I really liked the experience of like living abroad and um, like traveling within that. Like I, I went on a few trips to different parts of the US while I was, while I was staying there. Um, but then all the kind of options to kind of travel long term and make money while doing so were kind of like, you know, work in the ski fields of Canada or um, get like a bar job or go wolfing or like the, I looked up all the different ways and I was just like, I kind of don't want to get to like later in my life and not have had a career because I did, I traveled and I didn't really build kind of um, skills in a professional sense. So I went back to uni and I was studying accounting and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do the accounting thing, which a lot of people laugh when they hear that because yes. I'm, I'm a kind of creative person that's like, flying around places now and so they're like you were just going to be an accountant doing the nine to five so thing. boring mate so boring. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm and i'm lucky i did like four different internships like in different size firms to kind of figure out that that definitely wasn't for me um so what's the first thing you did like accounting online for other businesses is that the first thing like you started no no um because to in order to kind of so there's a long pathway to becoming an accountant you got to go to like uni and then um, they say like you get your graduate role and then after 18 months, you probably have the skills of an accountant. Right. Okay. Um, and then you get your chartered accountant 
certificate, which is like, I think people usually spread that out over two years. Um, so it's like a long pathway to becoming this certified accountant. And I actually met one accountant on my travels who was working remote, but it was a very unique situation in which the firm he was working for allowed him to do that. Whereas it not very common as far as I'm aware in the, um, accounting industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what happened actually was I, I found this article about a guy who, um, would build apps online and then make money from that and just be constantly traveling. And, it's crazy because like as soon as I read that article, I was like convinced that's that kind of solved my two issues. Like I want to have like a career, build something big and I want to be able to travel as much as I want. So I was like, this is it. <laughs> and um, I basically the next year was like committed to doing it. I was with um, uh, my ex partner at the time and uh, said to her, hey, do you want to go down this path with me? And she's just like, yeah, let's do it. So like within a week we were already making plans and kind of not so much plans to travel, but more plans of like how we were going to, how are um, going to execute it? Yeah. Transition into careers that would allow us to work remotely. Um, so for me, I chose web development. Yeah. Um, I still believe it's like probably the best career for working remotely because even if you work in an office, like I, I worked as a web developer. Um, I took a job last year and even still, like I wasn't even in the same city as my, as the rest of the development team, you know? So like, it's just inherently remote. Yeah. Cause I've seen like uh, companies like Zapier and people like that take on all remote workforce across the world, don't mm. they? So like, you don't even have to be in, be anywhere near an office to, to, to work in that industry. Yeah. So like, um, there's so many digital fields that are like that, you know? Um, and then with obviously with COVID happening now, um, it's put the pressure on businesses to figure out how to do remote because it's just because you, you can do your work remotely doesn't mean that the, the office, the, the business is going to be incentivized to let you do that because, um, you know, they're worried about not seeing in you, you in the office, like, are you online? Like there's a lot of trust factors and all sorts of things, but, um, that has been getting better over time. And then now with COVID forcing people into remote work, um, it's definitely, um, picked up speed now. Um, and businesses have been forced to adapt quicker. I think, I think it's great as well because like people can just go straight out the gate and just start making money from day one. Whereas if you try mm. and develop like a Shopify store or try and try and do drop shipping or try and do some other stuff, you can't yeah. generate money from day one. So this yeah. is, I know you're still selling your time. You still got mm. the time involvement in this, which is not ideal long term but for a cash flow business like freelancing online to, to free yourself from a nine-to-five job is is something that practically anybody could do but what do you think it is that holds people back from doing it because everybody can do this i believe do you believe the same yeah absolutely um i think some people say they want to do it but they wouldn't want to do it so i just want to say that up front like for instance um my sister, she, um, yeah. we were in, I can't believe you're paying out the sister. <laughs> <of> the podcast, <laughs> no, she, 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 she probably won't be surprised to hear this, but like, I remember when we were, um, the first year I was, um, basically nomadic. Um, we met up in Bali as a family. So we were on like a family holiday yeah, and, yeah. um, she was staying at the W we were having this nice brunch and she had to go back to work next week. And she's just like, Oh, I wish I could do what you do. 
And then I was just, and then they were like kind of talking about it, like entertaining the idea. And I was just like, no, like they, it's like, I think when you are on holiday and you want to go that extra week, you know, or extra, like have an extra four weeks holiday or whatever it is. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, this sounds really appealing. But are those people willing to put in like the work and have all the sacrifices of like, um, kind of you kind of forced into minimalism because you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. take your you furniture take with, you. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it, it works for me cause I'm not a very materialistic person, but like if somebody loves their gadgets, loves like vehicles, loves all these things that can't travel with them, then they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, they gotta, you know what I mean? They got to figure out what's yeah. more important to them. You know, like for me, it's very easy because I, value like relationships experiences over like physical things um and yeah i just it doesn't appeal to me even now like um that i'm kind of stuck here on the gold coast i'm subletting i don't have any furniture um it doesn't bother me you're basically a squatter at jesse's house (laughs) (laughs) i i I think at one point i'll be more more of a settler and like want to have a house in that but like right now i'm just it doesn't, it's kind of, I'm just still floating even though I'm not able to travel at the moment. Do you know what? I want, I want to drop some value for the audience on what you've just said about houses because I came over to Australia at 26, landed, landed here in 26, uh, 26 years old, right? I'm 32 now, so I've been here six years. But a lot of people are told to go and buy a house and do all that stuff mm. um, from the early age. You know, we're taught to leave school, get a job, buy a house, do this, do that, rah, rah, get married at 30, have kids at 28, whatever, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing I want everyone to realize. I bought my first house at 19 years old, right? I took my £26,000 that I'd saved up between the age of like when I was a kid till 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 like 16 and then obviously my working life so 26,000 pound yeah a lot of money to me I put my 26,000 pound on this this house paid 104,000 pound for it bought this house it's now worth more than that obviously but I've paid I paid off the mortgage at 30 years old the cost of opportunity to me by not investing that cash into like a business or to something that doesn't that doesn't bring me revenue the cost of opportunity and putting that anchor around your neck has cost me millions of pounds Mm. I, I know for a fact it has because and and a lot of travel opportunities and other opportunities and this that and that. you don't need to eat. buying a house is the dumbest idea <laughs> you could ever have buying a house to live in is the dumbest idea that you could ever have in your entire life I mean I rent it out now and it's cash flow positive and all that's good mm. but the cost of opportunity of owning it is just is just ridiculous like people just don't understand they go and put a, a, a $500,000 anchor around their neck in Australia and guess what you can't do all the all the stuff that you'd wanted to do, so you lose the best years of your life paying a mortgage. It's totally yeah. fucked, and then people just f- forget about it. I don't know, I don't know if that's where you're going with that, but <laughs> I yeah. just wanted to get it out. No, there. It, it reminds <laughs> me of what my dad always tells me. My dad's been pretty successful in business, and um, sometimes I ask him like, "Oh, I got a bit of cash. Should I invest in something?" And he's just like, "Start your own business." Like he, he kind of. My dad's a bit narrow minded in the sense that his advice kind of stems around what made him successful. 100%. Um, and he took, I think, about 30 grand and then started his business, which became like a nationwide book chain. Um, what, so what, what business is that? What it, was, it was called Bookworld. Right. Okay. And then it got um, acquired, I think, by Angus and Robinson or one of those other book chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was probably in at the right time because with the whole disruption of digital yeah. and books and all that, Kindle and stuff. Um, 
but yeah, like that, that's kind of what worked for him. And then also he, um, invested in, he's lost quite a bit of money in the stock market. Right. So he has this view of like, you know, you put money into a business, not into like investments. Cause I guess you're in control of your own destiny more if it's in your own business. Um, and then something I've realized recently, cause I've been like looking at m- looking into investing more. Um, but then I kind of like realized like I could spend so much time figuring out how to like buy an investment that gets me like, I don't know what's like, like 8% a year or something. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then shit investment <laughs> or, or whatever, like, yeah, yeah. cause I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty safe guy. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah. You like, like, you like, you like the regular, regular drop drop offs of, 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 of what 8% can give you. You yeah. don't want the big fluctuations like you can get a thousand percent or forty percent in one day or something stupid. Or, or yeah, or you could lose a hundred percent in one yeah, day. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like for sure. Um, but then I then it occurred to me it's just like I could be spending all that time to try and generate even just an extra grand a month, and that would be like, you know, much more like, you know, I mean, it's it's more yeah. it's more money you know in the bank than then, you know, I guess it's nice to have this idea of like investments that are producing a modest income for you. But I, it, you're doing the, if you do the math on, on stuff like that, yeah, it's, it's going to be good for retirement. But if you got like bigger goals and um, you kind of want to grow faster, you I know. Th- I think the way that anyone's got to look at stocks is they've got to look at stocks as you are buying a piece of a company. So you're, you're buying into a company rather than looking at it, you're trying to buy something um, that, that that goes up and down based upon a ticker symbol. You're yeah. actually buying a physical business. So, like mm-hmm. when you're buying Apple stocks, you're you're buying a physical part of that business. So, don't look at what it does from day one to to day two to day fifty. Just look at if you're going to look at buying something like that, you got to look at buying it for like ten years. Do you know what I mean? Hold on to it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get the upside eventually, but you just gotta you can't you can't just think to yourself you're gonna be in and out that game. You know, in five minutes flat and start making massive amount of money. Mm-hmm. But in regards to like freelancing and obviously people people's what is what is the barrier to entry into in terms of freelancing like what do if people if if if, if we've got someone on here now right the things themselves, mm. do you know what i want this freelance life so i've always wanted to do it but how do i execute it do you need two grand and a laptop what what, what do you need like what have people got to do yeah um for people listening from like australia which i'm sure is probably or like from any western country which i'm sure is the majority you know, you've probably already got a computer and all the tools necessary to do um, digital work online. Um, yeah. I've had some people like, you know, in third world countries reach out to me and they don't even have a computer. So that's going to be a barrier. But if you've got a computer, like, I guess, consider yourself lucky because that's, um, you know, you've not got everyone t- has that. Yeah, yeah, not everyone has that. So, um, yeah, if you're in like a position that you live in a country like Australia, America, the UK, um, you have you would likely have access to all the resources you need. And um, the thing about how I learned what I do is all online and it was basically 100% free. Um, I use like free tutorials. Um, I, I was at uni at the time. So uni had like, my uni had a subscription to lynda.com, yeah. um, which is now LinkedIn learning. Right, okay. Um, and so I just did like courses on that. And um uh, basically learnt all Udemy? the... Udemy? Do you ever use Udemy? Yeah, yeah, I use Udemy. I use Udemy now, but I, back then it was mainly like Linda and then like Codecademy and all this kind of stuff. Um, you can find all the training you need online. So I guess if it depends, like for coding, there's like so many free resources, but um, if you're doing something more specialized, like 
um, Facebook ads or um, design or something like that, um, you might want to like pay a bit more to get like a premium course, you know, something that's like 500 to a thousand, maybe $5,000 just so that you get good education and that should like come with like some support or coaching or community with it um, to get you through. Um, But yeah, like I'd see the, the biggest, it's not necessarily a barrier, but the thing I'm, the advice I give people now is to kind of look at what, what works with you and your abilities and, and, and your, how your mind works. So like for me, i I find doing something like I've experimented with other things while I've been um, kind of doing this whole working online traveling thing. And I keep coming back to web development and like programming in general, because that's just, my mind seems to work like that. Yeah. And I geek out a little bit over it. Whereas some people, they just, can't stand code or just don't want to touch anything that's too technical whereas they're better at marketing or like strategy or um especially like designers i feel like design is something i've been looking at looking into but i definitely don't have the knack for it that some other people do you know there's some people that are just naturally good artists um so i'd look at like what kind of your skills are now and like what you're good at now and try and find a location independent career that fits that. And then if you're an entrepreneur, like hustler type person, then definitely look at, you know, all the various ways you can build a business online. You know, like I've got um, a few friends like that, that just, they could be selling, you know, furniture or selling um, anything really ice, ice to Eskimos and they would make it work, you know, because like, I have a friend who's just really good at e-commerce and he's sold all sorts of things. Um, actually, one of the things he sells is furniture. but the, And then the irony is he has no furniture. <laughs> like yeah. he's, he's a digital nomad, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you don't need furniture though, do you? Like, <laughs> like, what, what, what you're talking about in the dropshipping, I was talking to uh, Dan Meffin about this as well and a few other entrepreneurs as well that are going to be coming on the show. Um, in fact, actually, I was talking to uh, Eli Dangerfield and Ted, Teddy Briggs in um adelaide about this and and they sell they sell courses online and they do shopify ecom and they sell sh- courses on it and they're, they're they're blowing up like they're blowing up they're doing millions and millions of dollars every month on on these platforms so like um it's definitely it's the world is abundant and that's what people need to understand the world is totally abundant and you can do it but if someone was going to get their first client online how would you, how do you how do you go about streamlining the process so they can get regular clients because obviously people are going to be worried about okay i got 2 grand in the bank mm. i've just sold my car i'm happy to go to bali but now how do i get my first client online yeah <clears throat> well i think getting your first client and then kind of building a sustainable long term freelance business are kind of two different things in a sense because when you're just starting out with no portfolio or past experience you, I guess the standard advice is to look f- in your existing network to your friends and family. Um, but the problem with that approach long-term is like you, it depends on who your network is, right? So yeah. if you, like when I first started, I had, you know, family mem- cousins, you know, oh, I've thought of making a website. Can you make this website for me? And they're just, <laughs> first of all, they've got no money to spend. Um, second of all, like they don't have a strong idea of what they want and Three, they weren't really going to take it anywhere anyway. So like, yeah, like take whatever experience you can just to get the portfolio. 100%. But, but in terms of um, having a scalable long-term thing, 
I think you, it's a bit nuanced, but you kind of want to build a reputation over time. Um, one of the specific ways you can do that is um, I've kind of reached a high status on um, Upwork.com. Yeah, yeah. So Upwork.com is the largest freelance marketplace. Um, and it's really good because you can find work online and then you can perform the work online. So like if I'm in Thailand right now, I don't, I can just go online and find somebody in Australia who needs, um, you know, some help with their Shopify website, send them a proposal and then we can start working together straight away. Um, so it's, it's, and you've streamlined all them processes. Like I'm sure you've streamlined all the sending of proposals now and all that. You've built out systems as well to take out a lot of problems, yeah? Yeah, so I kind of, I made much more more mistakes in the, in the beginning and um, I kind of developed a system for Upwork um, and that's actually one of my classes on, on Skillshare, um, kind of how to approach freelancing on Upwork.com. But um, I don't think it's, it's good to kind of rely on one platform either. So, so you use like freelancer and, and p- online jobs.ph. Or oh, no, because no. uh, the, the problem with these online freelance platforms is Fiverr. You're in the, I tried Fiverr once, but it, I know some people have made that work, but it's a kind of a different thing in the sense that you create like a specialized, a specific offer yeah, yeah. and then people buy it from you. Um, for me, I just kind of work on a case by case basis, but, um, excuse me. Um, what was I saying? Upwork. Um, so you work on a case by case basis. Yeah. So, so the thing with Upwork is that, uh, you're in there with all the people around the world that, you know, a large majority of, uh, offshore and would love to work for $5 an hour, you know? So, so like you kind of, a lot of people will get on Upwork and just be like, oh, I'm competing against people that are charging $5 or less an hour. How am I going to make this work? All the clients just want cheap work and then just give up. And then they kind of say that Upwork just doesn't work for them. But it, I never I never hired a $5 an hour person on yeah. Upwork. Like I just don't because they're, 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 not, they're not skilled enough for what I need them for. Yeah. And then there's all that. I'm going to hire you to develop. I've got a development job straight after this podcast for you. Like (laughs) I've just, I've just thought of one that I want it, that I've, I've got a software as a service platform that I I need you to develop, (laughs) do a development on the back end, back end. And currently see, I've got a developer in France that Mm -hmm. develops all my, all my stuff. But the problem is we've got a communication problem because he, because, because like he, he's a fantastic developer, but he, he just, he doesn't communicate well in English. So yeah. obviously, and I can't, I don't have time to learn French. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you just got a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's, that's another great point you mentioned there is so like for me, it took me a while to figure out what's my value and how I can charge like a higher rate. Um, because at first you're like, wow, like this person's got a lot of, like you look at the other freelancers, this person's got a lot of experience and is like, you know, charging five, ten dollars $10 an hour. And you're just like, shit, well, how, how am I going to compete with that? But then I, I realized like the communication and the, the other aspect of the service brings the value is brings the value. So, um, like, I guess you can be faster than them, but also the more important thing is like, if there's too many communication issues, like um, imagine if I like gave you a brief and you didn't understand what it was and you just you built something beautiful that was completely different to the brief yeah yeah. then we've just wasted that time 
and now we have to go back and forth until you can understand exactly what I'm after. Whereas, um, you know, when you have two people that speak the same language, both um, literally and figuratively, um, you know, oh, we need this, and then it's done, and then like perfect, yeah, yeah, and then like because because like when you um, operating when you're not working with these clients, kind of what I was getting at is like there are clients that do value will are willing to pay more and value that it's going to be done quickly. There's like less back and forth um, and that they're speaking with somebody who speaks their language. hundred percent because at the end of the day, right, the, the, the hours of sleep that I've lost because I know for a fact the stuff's getting lost in communication <laughs> yeah. is like, is dumbfounded. And then, and then he hands me it back and I'm like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this, this, like you've done half, half it but you've missed this and you've done that and like it's always i always take responsibility for everything being my fault now and then and then never put any onus in i'm like okay it's my fault so it's my communication issue it's not the fact that he speaks french it's the fact that i've employed a french developer so it's my fault you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying why did you do that (laughs) do do you know what i mean but he 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 does good work but like at the end of the day if if i can't communicate that with him and he's using google translate to translate an email and and obviously like how i write isn't like the queen's english like it might be like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? it's not like the queen's english it's not google english i write in my 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 local dialect of english you know what yeah. i mean so if you don't if, if english isn't your most native language you're fucked you're yeah. totally fucked so i understand it from his point of view yeah. but like you say that's how you can you can generate more value in what you do because you are the you, you know you you you've got the communication your fast response if, if you it's worth more to me if i can give you it once and you yeah. just get it done yeah you know what i mean and it's kind of eighty percent there day one, whereas mm. with, with this that I'm talking about, where you where you pay a, probably a little bit of a lower rate. In fact, I didn't even pay him a lower rate. I'll, I'll pay him decent money, but like even if you pay a lower rate and you get someone in like the Philippines or something like that, or, yeah. or India or somewhere like that, which is where a lot of these development com- uh, companies are these days, you'll 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 be like back and forth, back and forth in the email chain. Well, that every time you, you're you're doing responding to these emails. You're you're take you're stopping yourself from being in deep work and in flow and all mm, that in your back absolutely. end. So you're not actually saving yourself time. You're actually costing yourself a lot more money because you value your time at x x amount per hour. And in, yeah. in Australia or UK or wherever you are, you're losing t- all this time. It's just crazy. Yeah, if you end up micromanaging the freelancer, then you've just kind of you know defeats a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, just on that, like I've found like one of my clients is asking me to do the most basic stuff recently. And, um, you know, they still want me to do it, even though like it's, it, it, it just goes to show that it's not based on my technical skills. Cause it's like something as simple as uploading photos to a website, you know? Well, uh, so, so this is, this, I'll tell you something now, right? So this, my Brazilian girl, that's like, she's a masseuse, like she's a ma- my Brazilian masseuse, not my Brazilian girl. I don't have a Brazilian <laughs> girl. <laughs> she's not my Brazilian girl. She has a husband, but anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway right she's my message she says to me um frankie like uh wagner delivered uber eats to you the other day i'm like yeah she's like yeah but you ordered it from betty's burgers and you live like a, a, a kilometer away from the thing i said yeah I, she says but you paid like six ten dollars for delivery i'm like yeah. yeah she's like well that's a waste of money i said no 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 you're missing the point i said i can order that uber eats 
25 minutes before I want it. I can yeah. continue working and then I work there and pick it up. But that 25 minutes, I've probably done like three or four cash flow generating activities that mm. generate me revenue, like way more than $10 worth. Yeah. And, then, and then I'll turn up home and then the food's delivered and it saves me time. Yeah, of course I could have walked and got it, but like it cost me too much time. So it, the, the, what was, the reason why I'm saying this is because you, you've just said you're, you're, you, th- these people send you simple tasks. The reason they're sending you simple tasks is because even yeah. though it's simple, it's like his his time's better spent on something cash flow producing within his business, a, a bigger, you know, something that's going to really move yeah. the needle. That's why he's sending you simple tasks. He doesn't mind paying for it yeah. because he, he, even though he knows he's paying you a premium for it, it doesn't matter because he makes the money on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that mindset, I think for people looking to get into freelancing, like I kind of was in this kind of mindset of, you know, the, it's so important, like what kind of clients you're targeting and, and looking at, right? Because, I think, you know, back when I was, you know, starting out and kind of this broke freelancer, I kind of had this money mindset that was a bit more stingy and I kind of projected that as like, well, who's going to pay, you know, more than double for the, for the same thing? Like, and then, but then you realize like, and then as I've earned more as well, I've kind of realized this as well. Like I value my time more. And so it's important who you want to find those clients that have the budgets, right? Because no matter, no matter like how good you are, if the person doesn't have the budget, like if, if I have only a hundred dollars to spend, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to try and squeeze as much value as I can. Yeah. yeah. And the then worst clients are the, are the cheap clients. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And, um, they're not only bad because they don't pay much. They, they tend to be more demanding as well. You know, 100% like I'll get, I'll get, we'll get DMs on Instagram from some girl on Instagram that's got 25,000 followers that doesn't have any money. She wants us <laughs> to remove like all her content that, she, that she's got an OnlyFans account or something. She's, yeah. she's had an OnlyFans leak. They've took 70 videos to put it free on a Dropbox and dropped it somewhere. She wants to remove that content and she wants to do it for nothing or like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Yeah. Whereas a brand that is suffering a high level issue where it impacts revenue and sales will will for two links they will they will they will pay the prices that you predetermine and respect the value of what you're bringing to the table because they need a solution and they and and you know you can provide it yeah. so it's just a totally different people people try and serve lots of people but when in order for you to get out of your 40 40 hour a week job you just need to find people that will pay you say a thousand bucks a month to so you need four clients now five clients six clients whatever to how, however much you want to earn per month just you know a thousand dollars service and then find and then and then find a way to serve them with with a service mm-hmm. that's renewable like like you say web development or whatever and just yeah. go and serve them you don't need you don't need people don't people think they need hundreds of clients you don't need hundreds of clients in what you in what you're saying mm-hmm. you just need like some some regular clients do good work get more work get more work if yeah. you start developing for me today, you're not telling me that I'm not going to be using you in 12 months' time. Of course I am, because I'm going to have issues. It's, it's going to be a regular thing, isn't it? So it's like, yeah. you can't, as soon as you do good work for someone, you've, you've, and, and, they're a, and they're your ideal client, then you've got more and more work coming in, coming in, coming in. Yeah. And I think people just don't, people just think it's make it so complicated. Yeah. There's actually a, a great video. You, you include show notes on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'll yeah. send you. A, I'll send you a link. There's a video that my friend, who's also a freelancer, sent me from. Uh, uh, I think the YouTube channel is called Future, and um, there's like a he does this whiteboard presentation 
um, about like the, the, the value of a logo. And he kind of talks about like why a logo to Nike is worth Oh, I've, much. Yeah, I've seen, seen it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved it. I love it. I love where you're going with this. Go for I it. Think, I think the the name of the guy is Chris Doe. Chris yeah, Doe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, and then that's that was like, he explains it perfectly about like, and then the great part about this guy's presentation is that he, so like he lets the students debate with him as if they were the client. Yeah. And then he comes back to them. And, and this guy's been doing it for like years, years and years. And years, and years. And years. So like he has like, he knows how to handle all the objections, um, so that's like a good because it is like a kind of paradigm shift in your in your mindset because it's like you know like how is that tick worth so much or how is that logo that was was it um, Steve Jobs uh, company before Apple or something like Pixar Pixar or no there was like um, the computer company before Apple I think um, or maybe I'm getting this wrong but like it was hundreds of thousands of dollars for like a basic logo. You know what I mean? Like, but it, but it's, 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 it's not just, it's not just a logo they're selling. They're selling mm-hmm. the colors, they're selling the brand, the brand cover, the brand colors, the ethos behind it and all that stuff. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Instagram rebranded, needed a rebrand and their, their profile for that job was, we need it to look good on a, on, a, on mobile. We need it to look good on app. We need it to look good on the internet. We need it to look good on socials. We need it to look good everywhere. Whereas mm. the logo before just didn't, that old camera logo just did not work. Yeah. They paid millions and millions of dollars to redesign it. And Instagram have got a fantastic logo, something that means something to people. People see it, they recognize it. Of course they, of course they highly value that. At the end yeah. of the day, it, it, it's, it's like, yes, you can get a logo for $5 on Fiverr, but it's like you get what you what you what you you really do get what you pay for, and people there are people there's hundreds of thousands of people out there in the world that mm-hmm. value quality, meaning, and some depth into what you do as a service. So there's, there's thousands of people that will pay you the price. You just all, all you got to do is put your hand up and just not. You don't have to sell everybody. You just literally mm-hmm. put your hand up and say, look, this is the this is the quality of work I do. And if you don't want that quality of work, then then yeah, you go to go to this guy down the road. But this is what I do, and this is what yeah. I stand for, and I guarantee you, you'll attract clients to you like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is a journey that you personally went through, but for me, I kind of, I kind of went through the whole journey of kind of starting at the bottom, um, and and kind of learning the mindset and paradigm shift and of, of of like getting more successful with this stuff. Um, I think you know, you can kind of short circuit that, um, you know, like somebody will say, you know, oh, just double your rates or, or something. Yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, will yeah. give you that advice. And, and it's just, it, you know, if I was speaking to myself four years ago, I'd be like, oh, just you're in such a scarcity mindset that it's hard to even think like that. So for me, I kind of, kind of went through this journey of like putting up my rates progressively and progressively, but at the same time, if you're that kind of person, you can just like instantly go, well, I'm just going to, I think, listen to you in a previous podcast saying like, well, I'm just going to charge six figures for, for this job and throw it out there and they're going to. The, the, the thing is, I, I just want to give you a little bit of context to, to people at home that are listening now. The, you thinking $100 an hour or 100 and never charged by the hour, always charged by value, never charged by the hour, but you thinking $100 or $500 is a lot of money is your problem. That's your problem. That's on you, right? You think that's a lot of money, right? That's your limited belief. That's that's 
you've got to sort out. That's an internal issue. That's the pricing of what you charge is is your problem, not not anyone else's. Because if you're serving the right audience, like if you're serving brands, like if you're if you're serving a ten and a half million dollar brand and you charge them fifty dollars for a logo, do you think they're going to use you? <laughs> Do you think they're going to use you? They're going to be like, why is it so cheap? Yeah, like, they're, this, they're, is, this is a different they're, tier. They're like, this guy is not for us. This yeah. guy is not for us. This guy is not for us, right? Yeah. I, I I look after brands at high level. That's what my company does. Obviously, you met James and you've met a few other people that work here and that. And obviously, I've grown that from 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 day one, from what, being on my own. But this was my ethos. I went out and served shit clients like $1,000 here, $1,000 there, $1,000 here, $1,000 there when I first started. I did it for about six weeks. Then I thought, fuck this. <laughs> I thought, fuck this. This is a dumb idea, right? Yeah. And I literally went, okay, who, 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 do I, who do I rate in the industry? Who's got an issue and who can I serve? I picked them out. I picked out the fitness industry. I love the fitness industry. So I literally went and I took over the fitness industry and I went to everyone that was in the fitness industry at high level brands and influencers mm. at high level with high level followings. And I went, I can solve this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. And it'll cost you this much per year. Yeah. And guess what? I flew down there and I signed the deals because they value what you do. And then all of a sudden I built these retainers and these, and these clients. And then it just went boom, 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 boom. And yeah. it's like, then all of a sudden, if you have 10 clients, you could have multi-million dollar business rather than having thousands of clients and having all these problems coming at you. Problems, problems, yeah. problems. Well, fuck, well, I, don't want, I don't want loads of problems. I want to give people solutions. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, that's just the way I've, I've had to develop. But yeah, I fully understand what you're saying. You, we, we all start with a, when you start out doing, doing the service yourself mm-hmm. and doing, doing, I was doing, obviously doing the content room yourself. You, you, your price is like 500 bucks a year. You know, what I mean, you start selling yourself real cheap and having loads of problems. So it's, and, but I just want to make everyone clear on this that this is this podcast that pricing and your concept of what's a lot of money mm. is your fucking issue. It's your internal issue, and you need to get that fucker out your head because it's it's totally on you. It's not on your client. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah, well, yeah, like just with these higher tier clients, like there's their perception of value and then there's your perception of your own value, right? hundred percent. So like if they, if they, if you can't value yourself the way that these higher tier clients can value you, then that's kind of a mindset issue, I guess that you need to get over. Right. It's no different to dating a chick and you always thinking to yourself, I'm not good enough for this chick. (laughs) Like what's the fucking point in going into a relationship thinking that you're inadequate? Like you, you really have to like start. You have to start with the price. The pricing issue is is like you got to start self loving yourself about the value that you're bringing to the table. Mm. I know when I go into a brand, I know that I'm going to bring that brand ten million dollars of value in that year as a bare minimum. So yeah. of course, if I drop six figures on them, of course, do I have an issue with that? No. Why would I have an issue with that? I know what I'm bringing to the table, and I have a lot of self belief in what I'm delivering, and that's what I'm trying to teach people right mm. now through, through, through saying this and I'm saying it passionately because I believe it a lot of people in here the reason why they're doing the 50 grand a year job or the 80 grand a year job or whatever however much you're paying you and you hate what you're doing the reason why you're doing that is because you don't you've got a price problem you don't value yourself enough and 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 as soon as you go go away and have a word of yourself and say do you know what I value myself at 
three hundred grand a year, this that, and the other. As soon as you start teaching yourself that mentality, you you everything else will become apparent and the doors will open. But mm. you have to take the blinkers off and open your eyes first. You can't just. You, you, it's not all of a sudden someone just presents you with an online business. Yeah, like you have to go. You have to go and put some put your balls on the line and just throw it out there. And guess what? A lot of you out here, especially in Australia and some of the people that I know in the UK, you've got. Here's the thing, right? Say you fucking put it through out there, yeah. And, and it went completely tits up. A lot of you could just go live with your mum and live, and, and some of my mates in Australia, right? I'm talking about, they're, if they're living with the mum, they're living by the water, by the beach, <laughs> penthouse apartment, like three different cars they can choose from. They're not struggling. What I'm saying is, you've got no risk or barrier to entry at all. Just go and out, just go and execute it. And mm. even if you fail, it's, it, even if you f- fall flat on your face the first time, it doesn't even matter. And that's what people have got to get in their head. It doesn't even matter. Anybody can do it. And I think you'd agree with it. Yeah. Um, just from what you've just said, I've, I feel like you definitely um, are probably communicating that confidence when you go into those meetings. So, um, I mean, confidence, there's no like, uh, I mean, it's a tricky one, right? Because you can you can give somebody as much you can gas someone up as much as possible, but if they don't believe it, you know. Um, so I'm not sure what the, the answer is for every individual person about how they can gain more confidence. But um, for me, you know, kind of building a track record and, and, and seeing, um, you know, kind of raising the rates and seeing clients go for it and, and be happy with the work, that kind of the track record or the reference experience kind of helped build my confidence. Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, yeah. you, you you just had a few quick wins on the board, and then obviously from them few quick wins, you've gone and you've gone and got the confidence to be able to do what you do, and obviously that's and then that breeds success, breeds success, breeds success. Yeah, I get I get that, but but people have got to realise that there's no barrier to entry now to having an online business, whether you're freelancing, whether you've got a Shopify store, or anything like that. You you mm. you'll constantly hear that on this podcast. I've got I've got someone coming in for the podcast next week that earns one and a half million dollars a week. Yeah. So there is no barrier to entry. It's just that you are thinking too small and you are pigeonholing yourself into being in a certain position and you don't have to be. Yeah. You can still stay in your job and have an online business. It could you could build your Shopify dropshipping store on the back end of a day job. You know, mm. there's no there's no there's no limits this it's just like what you were saying before in early in this podcast is that people don't want to put their nuts on the line and people don't want to um you know go out there and just put it out into the world but i guarantee you it's like this podcast i'm just putting it out into the world that i like doing this and i like helping people so i'm just going to put it Mm. out into the world and guess what i don't i don't even if it went completely tits up like even if it went completely fucking wrong like it it's i've I've still had a good time you know i've I've still learned something from it so even even if you learn these skills of web development and your first mm. business goes tits up, you don't lose the skills of web development. You take that and you put that on something else and you try something else and you try something else and try something else. Toby Pierce, who who set up Sweat.com with Kayla Itzinez, failed at about 10 businesses before they kicked off in fitness mm. industry. And then they've they've built like a near, nearly a billion dollar brand in fitness, in female fitness, right? Mm. From, from nothing, from selling PDFs online to doing this, yeah? Inspires the fuck out of me, this guy. Inspires the absolute fuck out yeah. of me. If he had stopped, he's picked. He's picked. He's picked up 
okay, I've learned how to do Facebook ads in this business, but this business failed. I've learned how to do email marketing in this business, but this business failed. I've learned how to do consulting in this business, but this business wasn't, mm. wasn't me. He's put all that together, took it to the end and executed all the skills that he's learned through all his failures and he's gone and made, made a business. Yeah. So this is what I want people to understand is the fact that when you say freelancing, it's not like we're saying you've got to be a freelancer forever. It's just the fact that you're, you're going to pick up a broad base of knowledge that you can then over time in five years, you might execute the one big idea and that might change that might really change the game for you yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah i i, I totally agree that mindset is probably the, the the mental aspect of it is the biggest aspect um but for those people that kind of struggle a bit with confidence i think you know going back to that analogy of of dating um, yeah, yeah like you know there's nothing stopping you from going up and saying hi to like the 10 at the bar right but if you can't if you just don't have that confidence yet, maybe you want to approach, you know, the eights and sevens, you know, and then kind of build up that confidence. I love, I love, I love how you just literally graded women on the podcast. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. yeah, uh, I'll just say sorry to anyone who is offended by that um, with the whole um, the, the the grading system. Not trying to, not trying to. Um, no, I, I, we, we, we get where you're coming from, mate. You don't need yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, just yeah. in terms of yeah. the perceived attractiveness that you have towards them, right? Um, and, and the same thing in, in, in business, maybe like that's kind of what I did with, with the freelancing is kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to like go for this, the next level now and the next level and kind of baby step it. If, if, you know, people are struggling a bit with the confidence of it. Um, but, but, but then like we, like I mentioned, there's nothing saying you can't go for the, for the big company straight away or yeah, exactly. for, the, for the, the 10. Why, straight wouldn't, away. why wouldn't you? Because, because one client from one big client. Yeah. Can, can literally, you, you know, you can be profitable from day one with one big client. Yeah. Whereas with, with six, five, six, seven, eight a week, little clients doing $500 here or $200 there, that's not going to move the needle in your life. So yeah. why wouldn't you, if you're going to, if you were going to go for something, why not go big straight away? You know, I, I yeah. like going balls to the wall, you know, yeah. like, like this is it. Like I did, I did three podcasts that are just like, okay, I'll drop, uh, I'll drop 10 grand into this. I'll just get all the equipment and just, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. like, because, and, and everyone's like, Frankie, like, you, you, what, are you, what are you doing, mate? You've, yeah. I'm like, mate, I'm, I'm going all in. Like, why? Oh, mate relax i'm like no 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 this this is an internal issue for you mate this is yeah. don't don't project onto me don't project your issue onto me and, and make it my issue like yeah i'm going out there and i'm gonna have a uh, have a good go at this and I, and if i fall on my sword i fall on it but like yeah it's exactly what you've done with freelancing i know you started off kicking around a few little jobs here a few little jobs there but like you, you, now now look what you're doing do you know what i mean so what yeah. what kind of revenue can people expect to turn over in like you know in the first year if they if they really wanted to go nuts, nuts to the wall i mean that is a hard question to answer because like you said you know you I, you you can um it, it really depends because like web development and programming in general is like a very it's very broad right um and like what i do is i specialize in shopify theme development um i kind of and then i mainly work with agencies so i kind of know what agencies charge my time out at so you can price it in price it in based upon that yeah so i can kind of just cut off a little margin for them and then and then that's kind of what has given me confidence in you know putting out my rate um i think me long term i'd probably want to go into something a little bit more technical um a little bit complex that has a more niche demand 
um, yeah. so that that you can charge higher rates. Something um, like optimizing voice search or something like that. I, I was actually looking a lot into um, blockchain, um, yeah, blockchain yeah, yeah. programming because there's like a few. It's a very specialized skill set, and there's a few companies that have funding that um, that you know you that are looking for looking for freelancers like you to be able to develop on the back end. Yeah, and um, it, yeah, it really depends because like the the thing I think is good about Shopify is like you know when if you're if you're working for a store you know that they make money or they should be making money, you know, like oh, yeah, they, they yeah, sell yeah, things yeah. online yeah. and revenue comes in. Right. Whereas before that I was doing more content websites and it might be, you know, Oh, I've got this business that should have a presence online and I'm going to put it online, but the revenue generating activity is not the website. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So like those uh, clients, like the, the they kind of don't necessarily like, for instance, if if there's something on the website on a Shopify e-commerce site that's like affecting conversions, right? Yeah. And we just need to build something like to like make this slight modification to the page that's going to increase the conversion rate by half a percent or whatever. You're doing a high enough volume that that half a percent it is makes like a big difference. Big difference. So like, I think like e-commerce is a good niche because yeah like the site the world's that you're going on. that way isn't it the world's all mm. the whole world is going e-com like at yeah. the end of the day like ty lopez is buying online is buying um bricks and mortar ba- brands in america and putting them online he's buying them out of receivership that have been have 34 oh, yeah. years of history and then he's putting them online going full e-com with them and he's making bank on it so like and people don't need to do that there's, there's so many there's so many brands online like you said that you can serve like if you could Okay, if you're if you're a Shopify conversion specialist, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. someone who makes Shopify stores convert better, and that's your niche that you pick. It it's not hard to justify your fee if you can go to a website and say, "Hey, you're selling a hundred thousand of these, and I think I can make this page sell the same without any change in your ads or anything like that." I just I reckon I can get another twenty percent out of this page or another three percent out of this page, and that's mm-hmm. worth this much revenue to you. And I want this much for doing it, and I'll do it yeah. for free. But you pay me once you once you hit that number. You know yeah. what I mean? And boom, you're in the you're in the gate. And then once you've done that and you've got a few case studies, you're off to the races. You know, anything anything that anything that really can help people generate revenue is a great is a great skill to have. So advertising, like you say, yeah, uh, e-com conversion, uh, email marketing, anything that helps people put dollars in the pocket of the business mm. is is a great niche to be in because yeah. that's what all businesses need. Yeah, I mean, if you can almost like to the dollar. Um, figure out the value of what you're going to provide and then that's kind of the upper limit of what you can charge and then just charge a bit under that and you've got it so like um yeah like for instance if if you know you're going to increase revenue by a certain amount you kind of and that's going to result in this amount of profit then you know you can charge up to that amount you know what i mean yeah, yeah for sure so so now so now let's let's just go into the um so now, you, now you've got the skill and you've took it online and, and, you, and you're doing all this revenue stuff, yeah? Mm. And you're starting to generate a bit. Tell us about the actual nomadic lifestyle once you get into mm. it because I, I just want to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, so I think for a lot of people, they're, they're not working online yet. So that's like going to be the, the main physical thing. Like you need yeah. to be able to make money location independently. Um, but everything else around that is kind of just like... Um, mindset and like and like just um other kind of 
com- like I've written about how um, you know fear is a big one for people. Um, just it, it seems like a big risk to people, or um, maybe they wanna they they just been in the same city close to family, and that's kind of outside their comfort zone to leave. Um, I spoke to one friend recently who was like i don't understand how you like you go to bali and do the same thing you're doing here and for me that's just like so like limited, yeah limited. i yeah like I, I i do like when i i don't under, quite understand because like i'm doing the exact same thing in bali like waking up driving to the co-working space setting up doing my work then i go to the gym you know like it's the same lifestyle but kind of moving it to another location. Did you have you have you worked? Um, obviously, you've worked. Go. Have you have you been doing things like sit at what, like one city for four days and another city for four days and another city for four days and done and done that kind of nomadic as well? Or do you just or or by nomadic do you just go to one place, set up there for two or three months, get a little bit of a base, and then move on? Yeah. So the you know I have friends that basically live in Thailand and like oh are they actually digital nomads anymore? But like. I think it's kind of like a broad philosophy in the sense that you're not like tied to a location. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, I, I think the standard path for a lot of people is they, they kind of, if they haven't traveled much and they're eager to, they'll like do fast travel for a bit and then it'll progressively slow and slow and slow. But um, I think anyone who kind of is detached from location can be considered like location independent or like a digital nomad. Um, and you know, that comes with digital and still live in Australia though. You can even just, just get being digital nomad. It's just get yourself out of the office so you can do whatever you want with your day. And you know, you can do your work uh, Mm. for two hours at 12 o'clock at night or three hours at nine o'clock in the morning and work it around your day. Just give yourself, let's just focus on giving yourself that opportunity before you Mm. even think about going to a different country. Do you know what I mean? Just, just remove yourself from having to drive to Brisbane for work or drive to Melbourne or commute in Sydney traffic. Like at the end of the day, like just, just get out of that first. You know, and, and just just be able just be able to have the freedom of going to the gym when you want is is a beautiful thing as as mm. like a as like a digital person. Yeah. So there's many aspects of the flexibility, like time, location. Um, me, I've set up my life that I'm basically a digital nomad right now. Like, I can let my housemate know in a month that I'm leaving, and then I'm gone. I don't own any furniture. Um, I can carry my work with me, pack all my stuff into a suitcase. This is obviously theoretical because of the pandemic we're in right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if the pandemic were to end tomorrow, I could leave tomorrow. The truth about the pandemic is the pandemic hasn't, there's never been a pandemic. It's just been one bit, it's just been one big hocus pocus, to be honest. But, uh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to do like a conspiracy we, podcast now. Well, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not dropping, mate. But the pat, the pat, the pat, yeah. when you look at the numbers, mate, the numbers are, the numbers tell the story. But like, mm. yeah, but obviously once they've lifted these travel restrictions, where, where's the first place you go in? Um, I think I want to go back to Bali. I mean, it, it's a really, it's really tricky thing to say because, um, like, even if they said, you know, the border of Australia is open today, I'd have to look at what countries are open, what countries are likely to close in the next. Because it's just because they've opened doesn't mean they can't close again. You know, like yeah, look yeah. at what happened to Victoria. You know, so. Um, and then Bali keeps changing their mind. Apparently, like they were going to open the tourists and this month, September. And then now I 
saw a headline saying, oh, they're going to be closed to tourists till the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of their tourism is from Australia. So like if we 100%. can't travel, yeah. then they're like, oh, well, if Australians can't travel anyway. Um, so it's, it's, there's so many different factors. If, if the pandemic didn't exist, um, like, well, my plan actually was to be in, in Europe for this, for this, uh, European summer. Mate, you're telling me, mate, I, I, I was thinking about Glastonbury and I was thinking about Ibiza again, you know, mm. and doing all this, doing all this, and obviously seeing my family and that, and, and now I can't even do any of it. So yeah. I, I feel you. And that's why, I, that's why I obviously thought, well, fuck it then. I'll get, I'll get staff and I'll get an office and I'll set up a, a, a podcast and I'll do a studio and yeah. <laughs> I've gone all in a different direction because, because yeah. it's just not the opportunity. Yeah. But where would you say, obviously, like, say, Say, say someone started this and they've got a couple of grand bank, banked up, right? And mm. when, when when all this kind of lifts and all the Fugazi goes away, right? Yeah. And, you, and now the world's open. Where is the best place for anyone, whether you're English, Australian, American, wherever you are in the world, South African, whatever, mm. where's the best place to go to? Even if, even if you don't even have a, even if you've never done an online, say you've just got like six grand and a yeah. bag, where where would you fly to and figure it out? Like where would you fly to? Uh, the standard answer is um, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Yeah, so yeah, Chiang Mai, Thailand this. is is known in the community as like the number one digital nomad destination. Um, it's really inexpensive. It's easy to get set up there. There's a big community of other people that work online there yeah um so you'll meet other people that work online they might even help you with your um, business or getting up to speed um thailand is obviously safe there's the people are nice um i really like the food um so there's like a lot of benefits to it but like so i so that's where i started and a lot of people start um lived there for a total of like a year over three years yeah and um but i found it I went back there this year and um, like after a while I kind of found it boring because it's a very chill city. Yeah. Um, uh, so like once maybe if you're, if you're focused on like just business or you're bootstrapping your business or um, you've got a, sh- a, sh- a, a runway that you have to hit and so it's all about, you know, cracking down, making money. Chiang Mai is a great place to go to kind of work retreat style. Um, but Bali for me is my number one. She go to, what's that? She go to place Bali. Yeah, I mean it's 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 um it's just more exciting and more interesting, and you got people it, from around the you world. Got, you got jungle, you got rice paddies, you got beaches, you got everything you need in you. Loads yeah. of dogs. <laughs> yeah, the the internet was a problem like maybe like four years ago, um, but now because it's become so popular, the the businesses have just had to invest in internet. Um, speaking to one of the, the my favorite co-working space in the world is called Dojo in Changu. Yeah. And the the founder owner is um an Aussie guy from Perth. He's hilarious. And um he he was telling me, I can't remember because it was like four years ago, but he was telling me like how much they're paying for internet and it's like a lot of money. Um, because like they have to really invest to get the infrastructure. Because right. yeah, because these 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 like third world country type places don't really have the. I mean, Thailand Thailand probably has faster internet than Australia, but yeah, Bali, but yeah, yeah, of course it does. <laughs> Everywhere has faster internet than here. Like this, this is terrible. It's like we're living in the back end of nowhere. Mm. But uh, well, we are, aren't we? But anyway, <laughs> but like yeah, it's it's kind of like that. 
in Bali, you'd probably have to invest establishment by establishment and put your own put your own infrastructure in rather than rather than as an island because they just haven't got it. But yeah, no, I I, I totally get you, man. And I think I think it's a I think it's a brilliant idea, and I think I think that just that just shows you what what you got to do. The first thing you got to do is like just know that anybody can do this. Right, anybody can do this. You've all, everyone's got a skill. Everyone's probably got a skill right now that they could either learn really quick, or you know, get, go and go and execute on. Mm. And and all you really need is a couple of grand saved up, a one way ticket to like Bali or Ch- Chiang Mai or wherever you, you're going to go, mm. and then go into even if you don't even have the idea in Australia or UK or wherever you are right now, you can literally just fly there, and there's going to and there's going to be people that ha- can help you set this set this shit up, yeah, for sure. And then, and then the other thing is like that we were talking about is kind of like there's just diff, there's like a spectrum of freedom, right? So like you know if you are like very, I guess got a lot of commitment, responsibility, set work times, all this kind of stuff, you know the progression for you might be to kind of um, just gain some more freedom and flexibility in your work life, you know. Um, like that's why I went into freelancing as opposed to trying to like get a job and then convince them to let me work remotely as a freelancer. I can, um, I'm flexible in terms of my time. If I did go overseas and I was delivering the same service, they would just be like, Oh, okay. Cause I already work remotely. Um, so yeah, kind of now we can't really travel in Australia, but now might be the time to kind of, you know, be to gain more freedom so that, you know, you could even go work from Cairns or the Sunshine yeah, Coast yeah, 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 or yeah, something. Yeah. You can just chase the sun around Australia if you want yeah. to with this method. Mm. So, yeah, like just kind of – because some people have a lot of elements like even like attachment to physical things or, yeah. um, you know, uh, a lease or a mortgage or something. So kind of you don't have to like sell everything and just – get on a plane like some people do that but like you can kind of like just you know you can you wing know. it you can wing it there's 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 more than one way to split a cap but i think yeah. i think the most important thing we've identified is the fact that if you're if you want to do this and you're not doing it it's because of limiting beliefs in your head own head and believe it or not that is totally with within yourself and and it's something you should work on because i'm telling you now that any everybody has the opportunity especially if you're a creative you have the ability to make money online. Yeah. You're naturally creative. You, you just you just do. It's it's just a fact. Tell them before we go. Tell them where mm. we where they can find you and obviously find your courses and stuff like that and all the information about you and what you do. Yeah. So, and the, so that they can reach out. Give them your Instagram, your your website, everything. Like give, yeah. them, give them all the information. It's pretty easy. I've got everything under the same brand, Chris the Freelancer. Um, so there's ChrisTheFreelancer.com, Instagram Chris the Freelancer, Facebook Chris the Freelancer. Um, uh, my Skillshare channel, you can you can search for my name, Christopher Dodd, on there. But if you just go to ChristopherFreelancer.com and click on courses, it just directs you to the same place. Um, the YouTube channel, which is the way most people find me, is yeah. um, called Christopher Freelancer as well. So, Do you know what? That's funny, that. Why? Because <laughs> I was joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, these Aussies, I tell you, these Aussies. They're, 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 you got you got you got to you got to jab them but anyway mate no honestly man thank you so much for obviously coming on the show and and dropping some bombs on on this freelancer stuff man I've, i'm hoping that's opened your eyes and i just wanted to make this episode like an hour long so people just you know real punchy just give them a real good punch in the head and say do you know what 
get online, start making some money, even if it's an extra 20 grand a year or an extra two grand a year or whatever it might be, at least just start making some money online. And that's exactly what I think you've opened the door for, for a lot of people. So I thank you very much for your time, mate. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.